Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. Oh, nice! Dude, that open was so good. I almost want you to play it again, and I'll just lay out. Yeah, Gary Michael Capetta, man, really hooked it up for us at uh, WrestleCon this weekend. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host. He is a stallion. I am the enforcer. And uh, a WrestleMania WrestleCon weekend is in the books, and we no longer have a reason to live. Yeah, it's been a rough week since WrestleCon. Uh, in terms of motivation and reasons Will to, keep, to live, yeah, reasons to keep breathing. But other than that, you know, uh, it was a great weekend. We uh, attended a lot of shows. We met a lot of people, um, and we were home on Sunday morning, so uh, we had nothing to do at WrestleMania. Uh, I fell asleep during WrestleMania no less than four times between Sunday night and the rewatch on Monday. Yeah, I didn't make it. I uh, I slept through the entire pre-show, which I wanted to see, actually, because I wanted to see the Tony Nese-Buddy Murphy match, and I wanted to see Ryder and Hawkins figuring they were going to win the titles. And then I made it all the way up to Triple H Batista right after he pulled out his nose ring. And then that was that was it for me. So I didn't make it uh, after that, unfortunately. Yeah, nobody else did. So it's not uh, it's not just you. Now, uh, this week and this week's episode is going to be a little bit of a, a mishmash, if you will. I feel huh. like what we should do is really kind of recap our weekend, and then uh, at the end we could finish it up with uh, about forty five to fifty seconds on WrestleMania and and on uh, and Raw and SmackDown. Okay, yeah, one second for every match on the card. Perfect. <laughs> nice, nailed it. Uh, actually, my weekend started a little bit earlier than yours did. Uh, I got to Evolve 125 at La Boom on, uh, I think it was Thursday. Man, let me tell you something. When your weekend starts off with professional wrestling at noon on a Thursday, it's awesome, Joe. You know what sucks? The Monday following that kind of weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah, I didn't realize how many shows were really happening before the weekend itself or, or, you know, leading into the Friday, Saturday, Sunday type stuff that, that we took part in you know, together. But yeah, there was a show at noon on Thursday for evolve. I think there were other shows happening that day. Um, there was a, and, yeah, sorry. There was WXW. There was a Kaiju big Battelle. There was DDT all at la boom on Thursday. So they had a really, uh, 
quite a stacked show there. And then there were plenty of, uh, you know, it, it's it's weird. Maybe you could speak to this a little more. I'm not too up on the uh, the deathmatch wrestling. Um, I know the Game Changer wrestling is big, the Black Craft wrestling and companies like that, uh, the Joey Janela um, Spring Break show and that kind of thing. Like The majority of the shows were in New York City or in Queens. However, all of those types of shows, like that whole genre of wrestling was taking place in Jersey City all weekend. So uh, it was kind of like a tale of two cities. You know, it was split between like the New York and the New Jersey. Like the New York got matches like uh, Abushi and Naito and the New Jersey got uh, Schlack getting tattoo needles uh, stapled to his face. So, I mean, it's really all about what you like, Joe. You know, professional wrestling is about, uh, you know, it's about variety. Yeah, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato, right? So it's everyone's got their own uh, preferences. But, yeah, there was a lot of shows in the area, like you said, in New Jersey, um, in New York, in Queens, Long Island, thing, things like that. So, and I, and I guess I just didn't really realize until you start to take part in some of that stuff. Now, you know, when it was in our, our area, how many people really, you know, travel in for, you know, this type of weekend, whether it's to attend WrestleCon or WrestleMania or other shows that weekend, like NXT, ROH, uh, you know, all, all that type of stuff. There's a lot of people that are in town. And I guess that's like, you know, when you went to the Evolve show on Thursday at noon and you sent me a picture of all the people that were there, you know, it was a very good crowd. Sometimes, you know, even a better crowd that I've seen for shows there on a Saturday afternoon um, in other months. So I, I guess there really are a lot of people these days that you know, will fly in or travel in from other places just to go to or be a part of, you know, WrestleCon, WrestleMania weekend. Dude, it was so packed. It, it was, I mean, it, it was, a, it was a great show. I'm not going to, there's no way we're going to get into every single match of the weekend. Um, just kind of the highlights. A uh, couple in regards to the, excuse me, Evolve 125 show, I want everybody to watch out for uh, one guy, Kurt Stallion. Uh, Kurt Stallion is a stud. He wrestled a dude from DDT whose name escapes me, and I have no Wi-Fi in here, so I'm not going to be able to look it up. But uh, they had, I believe it was the opening match at Evolve 125, and it had the crowd uh, on its feet. Kurt Stallion wrestles for Beyond Wrestling um, and a plethora of other places, Evolve as well. Um, he's awesome. Really big fan of Kurt Stallion. And uh, if you see him, Joe... You guys might have to duke it out. Oh, the the whole gimmick infringement thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about that. But yeah, yeah that show, uh, like you said, I, know you, I read the, the results and uh, you were telling me about it. And there's some good stuff on there. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly was in the main event. And I know you said that the, uh, not the rest of Undisputed Era, but I think Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish right, made an appearance at the end of that show. Is that correct? Yep, uh, O'Reilly lost to Austin Theory, who I I like Austin Theory. I don't love Austin Theory. I've seen some really good matches, and I've seen some kind of blah. Um, he he kind of reminds me of a more in shape Matt Taven. Uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, but he had a good match with Kyle O'Reilly. Um, cheated to win, and then he beat him down afterwards. And afterwards. Bobby Fish and uh, Roderick Strong made the save in an awesome moment. However, not so awesome. I noticed Bobby Fish was wearing a huge brace on his left knee, so I hope uh, everything is good with old uh, Bobski. And the guy that Kurt Stallion wrestled, sorry, was Kazusada Haguchi. So just uh, I don't want to get that wrong. But the crowd was great for Evolve, and I think everybody was just super pumped that, you know, 
the kickoff of the weekend, man. The other match I want to talk about real quick was uh, AR Fox, AR Fox, and Leon Ruff versus uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Beaver Boys. Dude, have you seen the Beaver Boys wrestle before? I have, yeah. I've seen them in uh, PWG do a couple of matches and years and I don't know how many years ago, but years ago uh, when they wrestled out here on Long Island for I think NOIWC. Um, I saw both of them in singles action at the time. I don't know if I saw them as a team, but I'm familiar with both Alex Reynolds and John Silver. And uh, they're both very talented guys. And I think that they, you know, when they get opportunities, you know, in, in some bigger uh, companies or on a bigger stage, they, they seem to make the most of it. Yeah. And um, they're really, really good as a team. And John Silver is just so so good so it was really good to see a local guy like that you know and again beyond wrestling and um uncharted territory that show they're all over there but no evolve was a, a really good show and it was a great way to kick off the weekend um so i came home thursday night got some sleep woke up got a huge pump in and uh you and i were on the road to wrestlecon mania bro you and i got to wrestlecon on um friday and you know we could speak a little bit to the event itself I thought the layout of the event and the way that they um, prepared everything, I, I don't think it could have been run any better. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I thought, um, you know, they had a lot of space for it. I mean, they had a lot of guests there as well, but they did have a lot of space. So the wrestlers that were signing and taking pictures and, and things of that nature were spread out over the, you know, three different floors in the building. So it wasn't, there were a lot of fans that were there in attendance, but you weren't necessarily like shoulder to shoulder or, you know, arm to arm with people constantly. The room wasn't a hundred degrees, that type of stuff. So did not reek of uh, body odor either. Correct. So, and the fact that I guess it was running from nine to four on both Friday and Saturday, even though some of the wrestlers had sessions that they were, you know, times that they were there and times that they were not there. I think that allowed for people to, you know, kind of come in and out as far as when, you know, depending what wrestlers they wanted to see, uh, who they wanted to meet and who was there when. So I think that was definitely good. Um, yes, we stayed at that hotel. So that also led to some interesting uh, interactions. We held the door for Ric Flair when we walked in the building uh, as soon as we did Friday morning. We rode in an elevator with Tully Blanchard and Lex Luger. Um, so we saw Candice Michelle Rock drinking Express. Rock and Roll Express. We saw Candice Michelle drinking wine. As she was going down to the bar, like, but it was like a uh, 12 p.m. for that too. It was pretty early, so good for her. Yeah, so there was a lot of it, it was there was a lot of good stuff that was going on, and then you know some of the shows that we went to. The show we went to on uh, Friday afternoon, which I believe was uh, help me out here, but it's a PW Pro. Rev Pro. Thank you. And then Wrestling Revolver was Saturday, which was Pancakes and Pile Drivers. Um, those shows were in a a ballroom inside the hotel, so. I mean, it very, very easy to kind of come and go as we please to go to see, you know, get some signings, get some autographs, some pictures, and then go and see, uh, you know, the shows that we had tickets to in the hotel, you know, before we ended up heading out Saturday night for the uh, MSG show. It was such a clutch, you know, plan for, I, I think, I, I don't want to jinx now that we're, it's over and done with. I don't think we could have actually booked it any better. Um, the, I mean, there were no lines for everything. Everybody, I mean, we met a ton of people. If you haven't seen, you know, who uh, we corresponded with, head over to uh, any of our social media at All Night Long WP everywhere. I post most of them up on Instagram. Um, everybody was so cool, dude. There wasn't one person we met where I was like, oh, that person's such a Richard. 
you know, like for the most part, every single person that we met was really, really happy to talk to people. We got some uh, business contacts, possible future. Actually, we locked down a couple of future guests of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. Um, Gary Michael Capetta sticks out to me as one of the coolest guys in the world. Tony Schiavone was hilarious. Schiavone burying Eric Bischoff right next to Eric Bischoff is an all-time power move. I got to tell you. What do you say about the, the Wyoming son not being kind to his leathery face? I was dead. Yeah, he basically said Eric Bischoff was ugly. So uh, it was something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, there, most of the wrestlers, if not all the ones that we met, were very nice, very friendly. I know you met Joey Ryan. He, you know, he took a uh, sent a video message to uh, your wife and uh, Gary Michael Capetta and Ashley Massaro recorded drops for us, which you you know you heard the Capetta one. The Ashley Massaro one will be on the show at some point in the future. And like you said, we met a few folks that were you know nice enough to agree to do future interviews with us. So hopefully we'll have those those folks on soon. But yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of you know waiting in long lines. We got to meet. You know, we had a horseman photo shoot so uh, good. with those guys. We met Minoru Suzuki, which was frightening, but also went pretty well, all things considered. So uh, yeah, I, I, the whole thing as far as WrestleCon was concerned, and being in the hotel for those two days and, and going to those shows, I thought was you know pretty well done. Uh, the biggest part, I mean, one of the biggest things to come out of WrestleCon was Arn Anderson told me. I was over with him. Like he verbatim, he said, you're over with me, brother. Part of me died inside when that happened because I realized I, a lot more of my life has thus now become meaningless since I've hit the, the peak, right? Like how do you, the enforcer bestows upon you his passing of the torch, if you will. Like wh- wh- what more do I have to do in my life to be successful? To me, that, that's kind of it, right? No, that's it. We should have just went home at that point, I think. That would have been the you – know, we could have done that, and it would have been fine. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you got to meet Arn Anderson, had a nice conversation with him. Uh, I got to meet Tully Blanchard. I think I made some jokes in the elevator that he laughed at. which uh, I popped him on those, yeah. Oh, and Frank Mir, I forgot about that. Frank, yeah, Frank Mir was super nice. Uh, you know, everyone was really nice. I really I really have to say they spent time you know, talking to you. I mean, I, I haven't been to a, a WWE autograph session in a long time. But the last time that I did years ago, they kind of rush people through. I feel like you don't really get an opportunity to do more than maybe take a picture and, and shake a wrestler's hand. But you know, it shows like this. Depend, you know, as long as there's not a huge line uh, of people waiting, you, know, you get an opportunity to have kind of a you know a semi casual conversation with some of these these folks who are celebrities, and and a lot of them are really really nice. I mean, you don't you don't know what you're gonna get when you meet people of that stature, but. You know, most of the people, if not every single person we met, was uh, extremely nice to us. Yeah, I mean, I had a like a, a, leg- a shoot 10 to 15 minute conversation with Frank Mir about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and professional wrestling. And for people that know me, like they know that like, they shy of him and I talking about like rescue dogs. Like we hit two out of the three most important things in my life. So it was uh, it, it was such a good experience. Really hats off to WrestleCon for running such a great show. Um, I... I don't know if and when they're going to be coming back to New York, but if they do, I mean, I'll buy tickets right now. I would absolutely go back again. It's like one of those things where you do it like, oh, it's just the experience and I don't want to sit through that stuff again. Like that was seamless and flawless and I would absolutely go back. Um, Like you said, too, the cool thing was that there were shows running almost the entire time, you know, so – uh, if you had tickets, two-day passes to WrestleCon, you can go to the shows. We actually bought tickets separately. Um, we got tickets to um, the Rev Pro Show. Dude, Saturday, Friday night, you and I are 
in sitting fourth row, fifth row for Rev Pro. And Tanahashi is teaming with um, Will Ospreay against Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki. It's like, where am I where this is happening? And then we're going to be seeing the next night in Madison Square Garden. I thought the Rev Pro show was uh, a really, really, really good show and a, uh, a really good showing for uh, one of your new favorite tag teams, bro, Aussie Open. Yeah, there was a lot of great, a lot of great uh, acts there from different companies and from different parts of the world. So it really is an opportunity, you know, for for fans of independent wrestling to see teams. You know, I'd never seen Aussie also Open wrestle in person before. I'd heard about them. I know you, you'd watch them a bunch. I think in progress, right? So, um, you know, they were really good. Um, there was a match with Ishii versus David Starr, I think, on that show. So okay. there was a lot of a lot of really good. Um, you know, like you, you mentioned some of the stars of you know, new Japan that were there, you know, it was just a really good show and, and the arena was set up nicely. You know, there was a lot of space, a lot of people that were there. Um, you know, and there was, like you said, there were shows going all day and night. So they would kind of have breaks in between Friday night was the Joey Ryan penis party. Um, yep. And, uh, no, no, it was the penis party, the penis like the party. Male- yeah. Yep. That's the one. And we saw our friend, uh, our friend Green Ant before that show at some point in the hotel, who was also a great guy, big fan of Green Ant. Green he was Ant. on that show. God, love that guy. Yep. So that worked out real well. We watched NXT on uh, Friday night, a little bit later um, into the morning, I guess, as we were a little bit behind doing things in the hotel. That seemed like a great show. That was in Brooklyn. Um, we don't, like you say, we don't have to recap all the matches, but that that was a great show. Gargano won the the world title. And then Saturday, uh, we saw it was the pancakes and pile drivers, although conspicuous by their absence, the aforementioned pancakes were not allowed to be given out to the fans. Unfortunately. Yeah. I blame, uh, who's that Cortez chick who, uh, is like the democratic chick from New York, Hillary Clinton. No. Yeah, that's her. I blame them. Uh, however, uh, pancake look to be able to watch a pro wrestling show at 11 a.m dude i mean it's it was such a cool weekend um i you know who my new favorite tag team is right uh was it the oh gosh is it the besties is that what besties in the world is that what it is besties in the world bro go to our instagram and find our uh find their entrance video they came out they said they're hailing from the savage garden and their theme song was, I think its song is called Truly Madly Deeply. And they performed it. It was, Joe, it touched me in ways that my soul had not ever been touched before. Um, but they, uh, the Pancakes and Pile Driver show was, it was a really good show. Um, it was, you know what it was? It was more fun than anything. It, it was a fun show. Rev Pro was, it took itself a little more seriously and it was more serious wrestling. Pancakes and Pile Drivers was a, a fun show. I mean, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest takeaway from that show is that Tessa Blanchard is a bad, a, a heck of a wrestler, huh? She is. Yeah. The, the two takeaways that I had from, uh, from that show, I mean, obviously yes, Tessa Blanchard wrestled an intergender match and it was, may have been the best match on the show. She did really great. Uh, the two things that I took away were, um, for those who are familiar with Shane Strickland, it was his last match on the independent scene. So he's going to be going to WWE very soon. So it was his last match, the main event in a tag match that he got the win. And then he gave a farewell speech afterwards. And the, uh, the second thing that I, I took away from it was the sickening ungodly amount of times that you were mistaken for M dog, Matt cross during the course of the weekend. Uh, people asking you for eight by tens or taking photos and autographs with them. Uh, I'm glad that you got to meet, 
macros and that we have a picture of evidence so that to, people can see that you're two different people. But uh, yeah, those are the two takeaways I had as far as uh, pro wrestling revolver is concerned. Yeah, I, uh, I I got that a lot this weekend. And then when I when I saw M Dog, I explained to him the situation. He said uh, he looked at me. And he really put me over. He goes, usually when people say they look like me, I'm offended because of what they look like. He's like, but at least you're like a big jacked up dude. You're in shape. He's like, it's the first time I'm not offended. I was like, holy potatoes. That was a very nice gesture, Matt Cross. But he was a super cool dude. But it was funny. Right after that happened, you and I get in the elevator, and that guy pat me on the back, and he told me, good match. I was like, yeah, man, it would have been a good match if I wrestled tonight. However, I'm just a guy, man. I'm just uh, – frankly, what it is, it's a racial stereotype that I'm trying to break. Not all Irishmen look alike. Well, I mean, I hope you – keep trying with that one, buddy. That's, that's – I mean, uh, fight the good fight, I think. I am. But- Speaking of fighting the good fight, let's take that fight right over to Saturday night. Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let me tell you something. Oh, we, I can't curse on this show, right? Correct. Yeah, no, um, no foul. Dude, dude, uh, let me tell you something. That show got pooped on by a lot of places, and I feel like Ring of Honor also got pooped on. Um, and I, I don't think it's warranted. Um, say what you want to say. They, they sold out the place. Fans were live the entire show. There was no dull spots. There were no matches where I wanted I wanted my money back. Every match was above average to match of the year in Ibushi versus Naito. Um, and they were like, oh, the Ring of Honor portion of the show really, um, really dragged it down. Oh, yeah? Tell me how much the Jeff Cobb versus Osprey match sucked. P.S. Jeff Cobb is now is the Ring of Honor TV champion. Tell me how much you hated Zack Sabre from Ring of Honor now because he's now a Ring of Honor guy, right? against Tanahashi or um, Jay Lee. I mean, listen, I don't like Taven winning the title either. I'm not a Taven guy. That's fine. But uh, you can't say Taven hasn't earned the title. The guy's been in Ring of Honor since as long as I can remember. He was part of the kingdom. He was a TV champion for a while. Just because you don't like who won the title, it's not like it's in, not like a situation with Brock Lesnar where you're going to give it to a part-time guy who's going to be there every three or four days. You gave it to Matt Taven, who, just because you don't like him, spoiler, he's a heel. You're not supposed to like him. He's doing a hell of a job as a heel. Yes, Marty Skrull didn't win the title. Everybody wanted Marty Skrull to win the title. So did I. Or Jay Lethal to keep it. But Marty Skrull might be going to AEW in about three hours. So you can't give it to him. It, it's business, you know? And it wasn't like... It's not even like those New Japan Ring of Honor days like four or five years ago when the um, the New Japan guys were booked so strongly over the Ring of Honor guys. Jeff Cobb beat Will Ospreay clean. You know, I mean, that, that's a huge win for Ring of Honor. Yes, the G.O.D. beat the Briscoes and PCO and Brody King. What I'm, I'm okay with that. I can't even remember how many other matches were on the card. Joe, help me out here. Naito Ibushi. Yeah, I think there was 10, 10 on the main card. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I read the same things that you did as far as people were down on the ROH, um, you know, portions of the show. I mean, I guess there's two things. Like, and maybe it was different because we were in the building. I don't know how much that impacts, like, the opinion of, of the show. But, I mean, a couple of things. You know, the, one is that the, the latter match I thought was good. I mean, can it compare to, you know, Ibushi and Naito or um, Okada against Jay White? No. But it was still good, and I think Taven winning the title. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I I think it was the right call. They've been building to that, and I don't know who else would have won it if he didn't. There was some stuff on the show that wasn't great, you know. I mean the the bully race segment was was long. Um, the uh, 
the uh, the Kelly Klein match was was good, but it wasn't great. Um, you know, and but there were things on the show that were good, and and there was a lot of stuff. There were surprises. Uh, there were things that happened that were newsworthy. I mean, the whole uh, even though it didn't air, I think on pay per view, the whole Enzo and Cass thing was kind of a moment where you know we were we were sitting in our section, and I, I don't know if it, I assume it was like this in the whole arena, but uh, you know, people were talking all about it, right? Trying to find videos of it, find out what was going on, and. Yeah, you know, I think when you do stuff like that, you get people talking about it, and people maybe not they might people not might not like Enzo and Cass. They may not think that they work in ROH if they're going to sign there. But you know, it was a newsworthy thing that happened, and you know maybe they'll come in and do and do some different work there, and it'll be better than they were in WWE. I don't know, but I guess the bottom line is I didn't think it was a bad show at all. I thought all, all most of the matches were good. Yes, the New Japan stuff kind of blew away the ROH stuff, but that's that's what it is. I mean, that's, that's just the state of how the companies are right now in terms of the wrestlers that they have. So I didn't have any issues with it. I thought it was a great show. We were there for, you know, from start to finish, it was long, but every wrestling show that's on major pay-per-view now apparently is super long. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the show. I thought we got our money's worth out of it. And, uh, I really can't complain. I, I tried to go back and rewatch it the next day. I didn't make it all the way through just cause I fell asleep again, but, uh, I thought it was really good. And I, I think it was a very important show for both companies. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, I'm looking at the card right now. I'm looking at the results. The Honor Rumble, Kenny King won. And everybody's just bitching about Kenny King. Oh, he's old. He stole the moment. Like, at what point are you mad at the booking or are you mad at that your guy's not winning? Kenny King winning a 30-man Honor Rambo, Honor Rumble, like, to me, uh, okay. Like, he, he's he been with the company for a while. He's a guy that they want to push just because – Lager didn't win. You, you're not gonna. Why? I get it to be a cute moment, but the guy's 54 years old. The other match that had a uh, it was Ring of Honor versus CMLL versus New Japan was um uh Dragon Lee Bandito and uh, Taji Ishimori. Like Dragon Lee from CMLL beat Ishimori and uh, and Bandito. Like so, it's not like New Japan like is dominating in the booking is this i mean dude you remember three years ago when there would be a new japan ring of honor show i mean new japan would come out on top every single match and it was just very predictable this was i think was done a little more evenly and uh oh man i had so much i was so mad about this i, I just reading all these reviews i feel like people really not for nothing give ring of honor credit their talent has been poached like so strongly the last two or three years like who the WWE is just kind of picking and choosing and AEW form. So like they're doing to me, I think they're doing the best they can with what they have. I like what they're doing with lifeblood. You know, I, I just, I, it's tough right now. It, it's a tough market. Unless they're going to start signing people for longer term exclusive deals. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think they did. They're doing fine. I really do. I don't, I don't think it's, it's really that bad. I mean, I, I thought, you know, they had, like I said, they, their matches were good. I know people, some people were complaining about, you know, I don't know, like they, the Bully Ray surprise opponent, which was whatever, ended up being Flip Gordon, which I thought was good. I mean, it got a good pop when he came out. And I know some people were complaining. It's like, well, you have, you know, Ishii and you have Suzuki there and you just put them in the rumble. Well, you know, again, it's, you know, as people pointed out, including, I think, uh, our friend Bagu, it's not just an ROH show. It's a New Japan show too. So, you know, they could have booked them in matches on this call on this show. And they didn't, you know, like, and maybe it's just because they only had half the card to do it in. And that's, that's fine, but they chose not to put those guys in, 
you know, major matches because they had their slots filled with Naito and Ibushi and uh, Okada and Jay White and Tanahashi and Zack Sabre. And that's what they, that's what they presented. So, you know, it's not ROH's fault that uh, Tomohoro Ishii didn't have a match on the, on the main card. He just had it in there. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the, the nature of the card was, you know, a co-branded show with the two companies and each company put in, you know, the people that they wanted to put in for those matches. So I don't think that's on ROH that, you know, Ishii or Suzuki didn't have a match on the main card. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. So I thought it was a good show. Um, I would go back and rewatch it again. And, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see where they go from here going forward with Taven as a new champion. And, you know, now the tag titles being on a new Japan uh, pro wrestling team. Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to turn into WrestleMania and make it a 20-match show, which nobody wants. it. Nobody wants to sit through seven hours of wrestling. I don't care how great the wrestling is. Four, four and change, which is what uh, the Ring of Honor was. You and I even – and you and I are old old guys, man. Like, we, we said it at the show. Nothing dragged. And being there live, I was entertained thoroughly throughout the entire time. There wasn't any one match where I was like, oh, my God, hurry up. And that for a four-hour show, there's something to be said for that. So I commend Ring of Honor. I commend New Japan. I think they did a hell of a job at uh, MSG, and I would definitely go back there and watch it again. Quick, out of 10, what do you rate it? Uh, I think I, I gave it an 8.5 or some somewhere around there. I mean, it was it was really good. It was entertaining, good matches. Um, you know, they had some surprise debuts and things like that, so I I, I liked it. I gave it a little little higher on the eight seven five scale, but if I finish Abushi versus Naito, I'm gonna I might have to go back on that one. Um, we talked about it in NXT. At all. I mean, NXT was a five match show. It was very uh, it was a very very good show, top to bottom, good matches. We didn't I didn't go back and watch it yet. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't gone back and watched it beyond what we you know saw on the initial viewing. Um, right, maybe over the weekend at some point I'll do that. But yeah, I mean, I think that show got rave reviews from a lot of people, specifically the uh, Gargano and Cole main event match, two out of three falls, which I just read or I was just told by the way by our our uh, insider BK that uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer rated it five and a half stars. Did you hear this? Five and a half stars for a match in the United States of America. Hell of a job by Meltzer. Now, let me ask you something. So the five matches on NXT TakeOver, right? And everybody's given that show 10 out of 10. If I, if I gave you a five-match card from the New Japan show, and those matches were Okada versus Jay White, Abushi versus Naito, Zack Sabre versus Tanahashi, Dragon Lee, Bandito, and Ishimori, and Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay, those five matches – you would have to sit there and rate that card a 10, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if those are the only five matches that you have, then Just then five yes. matches, and that's what I'm giving you. Yeah. So I, I commend everybody for loving the NXT show. I think it was an amazing show, but when you only have four to five matches, it's a lot easier to put on a great show. And I think NXT TakeOver, I think they could actually even add a match in there. Um, not every main event in NXT, it's not New Japan. Not every main event has to go 45 minutes to an hour i will say i loved uh the main event you you're gonna hate me on this I, there are too many too many uh kickouts from old johnny gargano um i was okay with all of them up until uh red dragon hit total elimination and, and he kicked out of that one again too i was like it was a little much for me on the kickout though joe there was a lot of a lot of kickouts a lot of near falls at the end um you know some people you know 
there's limitations, I think, on stuff like that. Some people are, are cool with it. Some people are, are not as into it. I mean, you, you know, if you want to look at it from a perspective of, you know, Adam Cole hit his finisher, which is, you know, Shining Wizard, right, in the for the first fall, and then he pinned him immediately, and he hit him with, like, a bunch of them in the third fall when, theoretically, Gargano should be much more tired, and he kicked out. So, you know, you could think of things like that. Um, he also hit the uh, Panama Sunrise, right? Yeah, he he hit that. I mean, like there was interference, like you said, from Undisputed Era. So, you know, people could if if you want to get into stuff like that, then I can see where people may not like it. If you know you're if you know fans are into more of the suspending, you know, belief of disbelief of things like that, then you know. I'm, but the match is really good either way. I mean, there was no, um, you know, no missed spots, no dull spots. It was it was very good. I mean, so there was a lot of you know good wrestling over the course of the weekend and we didn't really talk about WrestleMania. I know we only have about 45 seconds to do that. Um, but you know, all those shows, those major shows I thought were, um, were wins, uh, for, for those companies. So an NXT uh, in Japan, you think WrestleMania was a win? I think WrestleMania, it depends on how, how they define. I'm sure for them, it was a win because they probably made boatloads of money off of it. Um, you know, I don't think that they hit any home runs in it as far as, uh, you know, like la- a launching pad for them as the company. I thought the best thing on the show for as far as WrestleMania was um, the Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan match. That the match was really good. I thought, you know, putting over Kingston was, you know, have, letting him have that sort of, you know, moment and celebration and the fans being super into him winning and, you know, having his kids come and celebrate him, celebrate with him in the ring. I thought that was overall the best thing on the show um but other than that i don't really think there was too much else that was i mean uh the, the rollins and brock thing that opened the show was was kind of neat and it wasn't really didn't overstay its welcome um so that was kind of i thought that was kind of good i was i was kind of surprised that they did that but i'm glad that they did and but outside of that i don't think there's too much else I, like a lot of titles changed hands um you know some matches were good some matches were kind of just okay uh you know some matches I mean, were um God awful, terrible. I'm looking at you. Thirty eight minutes of Triple H and Batista. Um, I'll agree with you. I've actually watched the Kofi versus Dan O'Brien match uh, three times in total. So those two guys had a phenomenal match. Kofi looked great, probably the best he ever looked. And I think a lot of the credit um, needs to go to Daniel Bryan. I'm sure Daniel Bryan kind of put that whole match together, and it was a phenomenal match. Um, I was underwhelmed by a lot of the stuff I was I had high expectations for. Uh, the SmackDown tag match I thought could have been a lot better, but it only went like eight and a half, nine minutes or something. I feel like it was just getting started. Um, Randy Orton and <laughs> AJ Styles. It's just what did what was the exact text you sent me when I said what did you think of that match? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, but I, I, think, I think it was verbatim. Orton sucks, dude. I think. <laughs> He just does. That's just his. You know, he he seems to work a you know, slow, the yeah, slow time. right, slow, deliberate uh, style of match. Which you know, for whatever the reasons are behind that, that yeah, that's fine. But does not make for very many exciting or four or five star matches with him in it anymore. No. So you know, I think Styles you know did the best that he could. I'm glad Styles got the win. Um, but yeah, that match was a little, uh, underwhelming. That's some other stuff on the card, you know, the, the angle and Corbin thing. I oh. thought I was surprised that Corbin won that match. Um, like you said, the Batista triple H match was exceedingly long for two guys that are 50 years old. Um, 
you know, not I, only I, that, the conversations, sorry, the conversations that Batista was having with the referee mid match because he didn't know what to do, like setting up spots on the outside was Bush League D level Frank Goodman 2001, uh, Skate Safe America USA level garbage. It was so like Triple H, like you and I were talking about this. Triple H is such a great job at TakeOver. And then at WrestleMania, Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley go four and a half minutes for the IC title. A four-way tag title match on the SmackDown side goes eight and a half, nine minutes. Ray and Joe goes a minute because Ray was hurt. It's fine. But then you have Triple H who's got the balls to go 40 minutes with Dave Batista. You had some stupid intro, like your Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Like It's cool. I get it. But the time it takes, man, you have a seven-hour show in what realm – do people like, you know what? You know it's going to go good on this eight-hour show with 37 matches? Let's throw Triple H and Batista in here for the better part of 45 minutes. Come on, man. And then I read something today where Triple H says Vince McMahon doesn't get enough credit for accepting change. Are you effing kidding me? You have The Undertaker show up on Raw, Triple H and Batista going 50 minutes, and the Hardys winning the tag team titles, and you're telling me Vince McMahon is the stalwart of change in the professional wrestling business? What a bunch of hello. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna curse you. I'm gonna curse you. <laughs> so we should probably wrap it up then. I think for this. That's week. a good idea. If I'm you're good. on the brink, if you're on the brink of of uh, you know bad words being being said here, we should probably wrap it up. But yeah, uh, no, that's, that's Judy that's once said, "Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining." And that, my friends, is what Triple H is doing. Right on my kneecaps, Joe. So anyway, Mike, where can people find us on social media if they uh, aren't already following us? Well, Joe, anybody listening except for you, Hunter, at All Night Long WP, everywhere you look. I'm talking your Facebook. I'm talking your Twitter. I'm talking your Instagram. Go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash All Night Long Wrestling Podcast is where you could find us. We are literally everywhere. And if you want to be everywhere, we're talking everywhere, then we want you to head over to bluechew.com and use the promo code WPP. You pay $5 shipping and handling, $5, and you won't be handling yourself anymore because that $5 is going to get you Blue Chew, which has all the good ingredients from the Cialis and the Viagra that they lost their patent on that you can get now in a chewable. It works like this. It works quicker than Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. And it makes you last longer than Triple H and Batista. Oh, God, that was so good, dude. So don't forget, bluechew.com, your promo code is WPP. Um, there were a couple of things I want to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, we got a big event coming up called the Crockett Cup, Joe. The big event coming up, it's about two weeks from uh, two weeks from this Saturday, the Crockett Cup, the NWA, the Ring of Honor co-promotion. And now I just found out Yuji Nagata and um, Yuji Nagata and who the hell am I forgetting is this tag team partner that just got entered into the Crockett Cup. It's going to bother me, Joe. I don't know, Mike. Maybe we can put it out on our social media as we preview the NWA Crockett Cup over the next couple of We will. Weeks. We'll be talking about the Crockett Cup. We'll be talking about the title defenses on that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just because WrestleMania is over, we got an, an Evolve show coming up this weekend. 
Just because WrestleMania is over does not mean the wrestling is over because we also have the Superstar Shake-Up next week. And if you want to hear what we have to say on the Superstar Shake-Up, next week, Wednesday or Thursday, we'll be coming to you live. Again, everywhere you look, that's all night long WP. If you want to see our Instagram stories and our pictures from WrestleCon, all night long WP. Facebook.com, all night long WP, and all night long wrestling podcast on YouTube. Another week is in the books. We appreciate you guys listening. He's a stallion. I am the enforcer, and we're tapping out.